Good morning, church. Happy Palm Sunday. Let's stand to our feet. Sing Hosanna to our King.
teach you all a new song this morning. What he's done.
praise God for what he's done. Church, just take a moment. Let's just pray together. God, we think about all the things that we've done in our life. And God, certainly there's been some good things and some struggles in all of our journey. But Lord, this morning, we want to thank you for what you've done. We want to give you praise and glory because we know this Easter week, Lord, they shouted Hosanna, but Lord, they nailed you to a cross. And so God, we know that you paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. And so we want to remember this morning. We want to reflect and we want to give thanks and we want to worship you with all that we have and all that we are. I won't forget 
Supper. If you did not receive one of the communion cups, will you just raise your hand and our deacons will be around? Just lift up your hand if you did not get a communion cup. A few over here. Anybody else? Just raise your hand and we'll bring those over to you. Uh, But as we come together, we remember the Lord's sacrifice. And on this Palm Sunday, we remember Jesus' descent through the Mount of Olives to then ascend into Jerusalem. And he was really walking towards what the Father had asked him to do, ultimately to lay down his life for you and me. So as he made that triumphal entry on Palm Sunday towards Jerusalem, I believe that he was walking towards making that sacrifice on the cross for us and ultimately walking towards you and me in a time when we were not seeking him. And so this morning I wanna stop um, before we partake in the Lord's Supper and, and prior to partaking, uh, the only, only thing that we say here at Anastasia is we wanna make sure that we honor the Lord and his sacrifice. And the way that we do that is that we have a personal relationship with him. And so if you're here this morning, our, our only ask that if you're gonna partake in communion, that you have put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. And so if that's you this morning, we wanna invite you to partake here in just a minute. But before we do, Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes and can we prepare our hearts to partake and to remember the sacrifice of the Lord? remind us that he made him who knew no sin to be sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. If you will open the first part of your communion packet just to pull out the bread, the cracker there as we prepare. Scriptures say that During the Passion Week, which we're in right now, the Lord took time to be with his disciples. The scriptures say, after supper, he took bread, saying, this is my body, which is for you. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it. Let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your sacrifice. We thank you for your body that was broken on our behalf. Lord, we, we didn't deserve the sacrifice that you gave us, Lord. God, you are so faithful to us. Lord, that you would lay down your life for us. And so, Lord, as we take time this morning, we remember and we reflect and we give thanks for you giving of your body. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may partake. If you will lift the lid on your cup there. Scripture say, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. When you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was poured out. Lord, we know that the scriptures say without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. So God, we're thankful that you were a willing sacrifice, a willing vessel to pour out your blood on our behalf, and you were the perfect sacrifice. So Lord, thank you for the shedding of your blood that we might know forgiveness. Thank you for your sacrifice. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You pray, partake. Scriptures say that as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he shall return again. God bless you, church. Let's stand as we continue to worship. All my words fall short I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do Every song and you never do So I throw up my hands And praise you again and again So that I have is a
say hallelujah this morning hallelujah church is a good spirit of worship in this place today turn to your neighbor the person beside you and say hi this morning greet them introduce yourself excited to have you here with us worshiping today. My name is Rachel and I'm the discipleship and social media ministry coordinator here at Anastasia. I have just a few announcements for us before we continue into this time of worship on this beautiful Palm Sunday. If you are new here or need a prayer request, you can text the word CONNECT to 904-441-6900. If you're interested in seeing what's going on in the life of our church throughout the week or any up to upcoming activities, you can text the word NEWS to that very same number, which again is 904-441-6900. Or you can feel free to stop by the welcome desk out in the atrium and they will be happy to tell you anything that's going on here at the life of our church. Just a few things that we'd like to highlight that's coming up this week. So this Wednesday, April 5th, across the hall in the sanctuary, we'll be having our Lifehouse Night of Worship at 6 p.m. It's a great time to just gather as a church family and worship. Um, we do them once a month, and it's always a really fun time, so we encourage you to join us for that. And then this Friday is Good Friday, and we'll be having a meditation service across the hall in the sanctuary at um, 12 p.m. And it's just a really great time to reflect over the week that it is Holy Week, so it's just a great time of reflection. Um, and then next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and we are so excited to be having our Easter Sunday services. We would love for you to join us. We have our regular schedule. So across the hall, we have 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. services. And then in here, we have our 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. services as well. Um, Anastasia Kids and Anastasia Kids Junior will meet during the 9 and 10.30 a.m. services, and our Anastasia students will meet during the 10.30 a.m. service. If you are wondering about parking and what that's going to look like here at Anastasia, we have you covered. Our friends at the amphitheater are graciously giving us some parking spaces um, from 7 a.m. to 12 p.m., and we will be running a shuttle complimentary from there to here to get you here on time for Sunday service. We don't want you to be worried about a parking spot, and we want to accommodate any visitors and first-time guests that we may have that Sunday. So if you are a volunteer or on staff, we encourage you to park there and take advantage of that parking. And I'm going to transition us into a time of giving. Um, I don't know if you know this, but actually yesterday was our pastor, Pastor Walter's 25th anniversary here at Anastasia. We are so thankful for the leadership of Pastor Walter and just his years of service and dedication to this church. And in honor of that, for the next two weeks, we are donating any things that are given to the 4G campaign are going to be donated in Pastor Walter's name. 
So if you're interested in giving that gift and giving that um, honor of his name for the 4G giving, there's three ways that you can do it. You can give by using one of those envelopes that it's in the back or the offering boxes and select the 4G gift giving on the envelope to give directly to that. You can also text the word GIVE to the number 904-441-6900 and select the 4G giving option from the drop-down menu. You can also head over to our website and click on the Give tab to give that way as well. And now I'm going to pray over our tithes and offerings. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this church, Lord, and I thank you for our members and for them giving not only their time, but their resources as well, Lord, and for them choosing to partner with us each week in their giving. And I thank you for Pastor Walter and these 25 years of leadership that he's faithfully served here at our church. And I just pray over his next years here at Anastasia that you would just bless him and bless this church and that we would be able to go out into our community and bless our community as well. It's in your mighty and holy and precious name I pray. Amen. Church. Hey, it's good to see you this morning. I uh, just want to tag what Rachel just said. Um, as she mentioned, yesterday was Pastor Walter's 25th anniversary on staff, and we're so grateful for him. And again, as she said, that uh, over the next two weeks, whatever's given to 4G, uh, we're going we're gonna to present him on Memorial Day weekend uh, just saying, hey, what the church did in your honor. And again, all that's going to the 4G, right? But we just want to honor him, and uh, maybe you want to put a gift in there uh, to show how much you appreciate him. The other way, yeah, amen. The other thing that we're going to do, this is top secret. Everybody, can I trust everybody in here? Okay, all right, everybody, you look like trustworthy people. Out in the atrium, there's some black tables out there, and on it there are these cards that say, thanks, Chocolate, for all that you do. If you know Pastor Walter, you know he loves chocolate, okay? And so we're going to do something special for you, for him. And so we want you to grab one of these cards out in the atrium. They're right there on the uh, desk number one, right? Table number one. And we would love for you to take this card and on the back of it write a thank you card to Pastor Walter. But this next part is important, all right? We would love for you to take a piece of chocolate, a king-size bar, or whatever you feel led to do, and either tape this card to it or staple the chocolate to it and bring it back starting in next two weeks. So not next week, uh, but starting in two weeks. He's been here for 25 years. My hope is that for every year of service that Pastor Walter has given to this church, that we would give him 10 pounds of chocolate, okay? So that would be like roughly 250 pounds of chocolate. So I hope that we can do that. You're going to be able to drop it off right there in the atrium. It's top secret. Don't tell anybody or Pastor Walter mostly, all right? So mom's the word. Grab one of these cards before you leave. But hey, we're continuing our series called Lead Me to the Cross. And I have so enjoyed our time walking through uh, the Gospel of John, really the latter part of the Gospel of John. And this morning, we're going to be really walking into uh, Christ's prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane, right? It's the high priestly prayer. And just to kind of give you a timeline, we're, we're celebrating Palm Sunday, which happened just a few days prior to that prayer in the garden. So uh, this morning, we're going to talk about Jesus' prayer for you and me to be set apart, to be a set-apart people dedicated in serving and honoring the Lord with our lives. When we talk about this idea of being set apart, I want us to help us grasp that idea. 
And I think when we think about set apart, maybe sometime in our lives that we are set apart, it's a special day in which we are honored and blessed is our birthday, right? So on our birthday, we usually get cake, we get honored, people love on us, they care for us. And so I don't know, there's a big group in here. Does anybody have a birthday today? Anybody have a birthday in house? You have a birthday over here? Awesome. Happy birthday. Well, hey, I, I have a little something for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I would have gotten you a cake, but um, it's kind of frowned upon to eat cake before, uh, what, 10 o'clock. So I got you some cake in the form of donuts. So happy birthday. Thanks for being to church on your birthday. On our birthdays, it's a special time when often our family and our friends, they honor us for the day. And if you're one of my kids, somehow you managed to get honored your whole birthday month. I don't know how that works. But it's a special day. And kind of this idea that we're kind of set apart on that day. It's a day of blessing. But what Christ is talking about, what he is praying about for the church and his disciples is not that we would just be set apart for a day, for a month, for a year. That when we put our faith and trust in him, that we are a set-apart, chosen, blessed people for all of eternity. And that's what Jesus is praying for. And not only that we would be set-apart, that we would put our faith and trust in him, but that we would know that as being a set-apart and chosen and blessed people, a royal priesthood, that there are certain blessings that come alongside of that. And so that's what I want us to walk through a little bit this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to John chapter 17. And we're going to be looking and starting in verse 11. John chapter 17. If you can, please stand in the honor of the reading of God's word. John chapter 17, verse 11. The high priestly prayer, verse 11 says this. And I am no longer in the world. This is Jesus speaking. But they are in the world. I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them their your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so have I sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. Verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who would believe in me through their word. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. So again, to give you a timeline, just a few days prior to that, Jesus would have made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He would have taken steps to fulfilling what the Father had asked him to do, to go to ultimately to the cross. And so just a few days later, he would pray this prayer in the garden. And it would be one of the last prayers that we see in Scripture before Jesus was crucified on the cross. But what I believe that Jesus was trying to teach his disciples, and I believe what he's trying to teach us in this prayer, and what he was praying for, is that you and I have been set apart for a mission and a purpose in our faith and in our trusting of Jesus. 
as being a part of that set-apart people, there's some things that Jesus wants his disciples to know. He wants us to understand some things. And so if you're taking notes this morning, the first thing you can write down is being set apart in Christ means we are spiritually guarded. That's the first thing, spiritually guarded. Jesus says of his disciples, I have guarded them. And not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction. See, Jesus is talking about here not necessarily a physical guarding as much as he is talking about a spiritual guarding of them. A spiritual guarding of them, protecting them against the attacks of the enemy. Because here's what we know, right? When we step out in faith to trust the Lord and we are doing the will of the Father, what happens? The enemy attacks us. And and here's even kind of further describes this. And he says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, Father, but that you keep them from the evil one. In other words, Father, guard them. Spiritually help them. Guard them over the attacks of the enemy. Because as soon as you and I and his disciples seek to do what the will of the Father is, we know that we are going to be under attack of the enemy. This happens in our life. And, and, you know, many of you ask, how does the enemy like to steal, kill, and destroy, right? He, He is the father of lies, right? And so we often know that the spiritual attacks are the enemy... A lot of times they're not physical, although he can do that, right? A lot of the times when the enemy attacks us, they're attacks of our mind. They're attacks of our faith and spiritually. And oftentimes when we're uh, feeling the attack of the enemy, he's trying to help or trying to convince us that we're not good enough to be used by God, that we're not loved enough by God. God can't love us past our brokenness. We're too broken. You cannot be used by God was the enemy tries to to lie to us in that. That's the attacks of the enemy. This is spiritual warfare. And Jesus was praying that we would be guarded in our faith against the attacks of the enemy. And there are some of you in here right now that are under spiritual battle. You're going through some difficult days, some trying times, and the enemy is doing whatever he can to steal, kill, lie, and destroy. He wants to take you out of the fight. He wants to take you out of thinking that you can be used by God. And the spiritual battles that you struggle with are constantly in your thought life. And he's discouraging you and he's trying to defeat you. And you can feel the attacks of the enemy. Can I I tell you that the keys to overcoming the spiritual battles that we are in is not to fight them on our own. The key to overcoming the spiritual battles and the fights that we are in are surrendering. It's not surrendering to the enemy, though. It's surrendering to the Lord. And saying, Lord, I I can't fight on my own, in my own strength. And I think when you surrender and you come to that place before the Lord, the Lord affirms that and he says, listen, child, I never intended you to fight in your own strength anyways. Surrender under to him and let him fight your battles. Deuteronomy 24, for the Lord your God, he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. We have one who fights on our behalf. If you're here this morning and you're fighting and you feel like you're fighting all alone, surrender. (laughs) Surrender unto the Lord and say, Lord, I need your help. Because can I tell you what we celebrate next Sunday? (laughs) That Jesus is already victorious over the enemy. Amen? He is victorious. So we can put our trust in him. 
I believe this morning that God is fighting on your behalf. He is fighting against the battles of the enemy, against your thought life. He is fighting against uh, the battle of, for your marriages. He is fighting the battle against our children in the next generation. He is fighting for this church this morning. You believe that, church? He is fighting on our behalf. All we need to do is surrender unto him and put our trust in him that he will fight for us. Ephesians 6, 10 says this, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the enemy. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Verse 13, listen. Therefore put on the full armor of God. He goes on to list out what aspects of the armor of God, the, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation. See, Jesus, when he left this earth, he didn't leave us unequipped to fight the battles. He has given us his strength. He has given us his word. He's given us his spirit so that we don't have to fight our battles on our own. Being set apart helps us to be reminded that the Lord fights our battles, that he is guarding us in him, in his strength, in his power. Second thing, though, you can write down this morning is being set apart in Christ means we are fulfilled in purpose and in joy. Fulfilled in purpose and in joy. Verse 3, he said this in our passage. He says, but now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak into the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. This is a theme that comes up over and over again over the last few weeks that we've been going through uh, John. And over and over, Jesus is trying to help his disciples and his followers to have their joy fulfilled in their lives. In fact, in John 15, he says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. See, Jesus knows that we long for in our life is to experience purpose. And out of that sense of purpose and knowing uh, how we were created and what we were created for and serving that purpose that we can know immense joy. See, I, I believe purpose and joy are, are closely tied together. And I, and I believe that this is kind of what he's talking about that. That he knows that you and I are, are, are set apart for a purpose and a calling that he has given us. And when we fulfill that calling, when we walk in that calling, we are able to know the fullest measure of joy in our lives. See, here's what I know about following Christ. I, I don't get the greatest joy in my life by serving myself or doing things that are of this world. I get the greatest joy in my life when I am serving the Lord and his kingdom. Because when I'm serving him, I'm fulfilling the purpose that he has created and designed me for. Purpose and joy. You and I both long for it. The moment that we step foot and have our first breath on this earth, you and I have a, a hole in our life that we long and desire to have purpose and joy in our life. And if you're like me, there was a great deal of time where I sought all the things of the world to fill that gap and that purpose and that joy of my life. That wasn't until I surrendered my life under to Christ to find that my truest, fullest joy and purpose that I could have was in him. Sometimes we look, we long for joy in all the wrong ways. And, uh, you know, only Christ can fulfill that joy and purpose that we have in our life. Uh, tell a story to share an illustration with you. You know, when we long for something and only that one thing can satisfy it, uh, I gotta confess to you, over the last two years, 
my kids have been doing whatever they can, begging, pleading, bargaining with us to try to get them a puppy. I mean, it has been relentless. It was relentless. Every, uh, every night when I tuck my daughter in, she would pray for a puppy. And I'm like, that's not fair, okay? That's just not fair. Well, I guess, I guess the Lord must have heard uh, all these prayers because this week, this past week, we surprised our kids with a puppy. Uh, I gave in. I have a picture of my daughter holding her puppy there. But see, no matter what we did, I mean, we would often take them over to a friend's house that had dogs and say, hey, get your puppy Phil right here. We would get them stuffed dogs. They're like, you know, whatever we can do to try to take away that desire and that longing for a puppy, but nothing would satisfy that desire and that longing. And so we gave in. So uh, y'all pray for us. <laughs> but I think in the same way, in our lives, there is a longing and desire to know purpose and joy. Nothing will contend with that feeling and that longing that we want that joy in our purpose in our life. Only Christ can fulfill that. Jesus is praying for his disciples. He's praying for you and I that we would know, that we would understand that when we put our faith in him, we are set apart people and we will find our joy fulfilled in serving and completing his will for you and I. See, our purpose is to love the Lord and to love people. And when we do these things, there's a traverse effect on our level of joy. So we would love the Lord and we love others well. We're living a set-apart life in Christ, and we know purpose and we know joy. As we've said before, the greatest joy in life is not to live for the world or ourselves, but it is to live fully for Christ and his kingdom. Third thing that you can write down this morning is set-apart in Christ means that we are sanctified in the truth. Jesus prays, sanctify them in the truth, and he says this, your word is truth. See, to sanctify means to make more like God. It means to become like Christ in our thoughts, our actions, and deeds. It means, lastly, not to be common. It means to be literally set apart. If we are sanctified, we are a set apart people. Uh, that the world would see in us something different. Not to be confused with righteousness or justification because that when we put our faith in Christ, we are made righteous. That is, we are lacking nothing in Christ. We've been forgiven. We have been redeemed as a people. We are perfect in Christ. But the act of sanctification is that God would transform our thought life, our actions, so that we would be more like him, so that we would be a light in the darkness. But also in the sanctification process, there's another thing that happens. God is, is helping us. He is helping us become more like him, that we are being sanctified in his word, that our thought process, our actions are changing so that we might stand the test of time and the battles that we face. I think of it like this. If you've ever seen a finished, finished carpenter putting something together, maybe it's a, a table, it's a desk or a, a chair, there's a lot of effort and time into precisely cutting each pieces of those wood and sanding them down and fitting them together just right. But when he's done that, when he's sanded everything down, when he's made all the proper cuts and he puts that piece of furniture together, by all intensive purposes, it is finished, right? You could use that piece of furniture. You could use that chair, that desk, or table. There's nothing wrong with it. It lacks nothing. It can fulfill the purpose that it has. 
But a lot of times when I see finished carpenters who really take pride in what they do, what they'll do is they'll take a finish, an oil or minerals, and they will begin to stain that wood to make it shine and to sparkle, to glimmer. And they'll put multiple coats of that stain on there. And and in doing so, not only does it make it a really attractive looking piece of furniture, not only does it make it shine, but it also protects it against the age of time. It'll protect it against the weather and being outside or protect it from age and and, and deterioration. And I see a, a similar process in our own lives. We are a finished work in Christ Jesus. When we put our faith in him, we lack nothing. But over time, Christ is making us more into his image. He is transforming us into who he is. That's the transformation part of it. That's the sanctification. And he's saying we are sanctifying. I pray that you would sanctify them in the truth. That is that we would know the word of the Lord and we would hide it in our hearts. And then from hiding the word of the Lord in our hearts, that it would transform us literally from the inside out. I love what Psalms 119 verses 1 and 3 says this. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. In other words, I understand how to walk my daily life to honor you. He says, therefore, I hate every false way. Listen to this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus, through the power of his word, is giving a light unto our path so that we can know each and every day how to walk in his ways, how to honor him, and how to glorify him in everything that we do. He is sanctifying us. Are you being daily sanctified in the truth of God's word? God has blessed us with his word that we could read it each and every day, that we could seek him and find truth in it, that we could pray and find his word. And so we have an opportunity. Are you taking advantage of doing that? Are you daily reading his word to be sanctified in the truth of his word? Christ prayed that you and I would be sanctified. Lastly, what we see here is not only are we sanctified in the truth by being set apart in Christ, we are sent into this world. Jesus says that, so I have sent them in the world. And he would say repeatedly, just if you have sent me, Father, I am sending them into the world. If you've ever asked the question of what am I on this earth for, Jesus makes it pretty plain pretty clear that you are sent into this world, not to be of this world, but to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and teaching them all that I have commanded you. Jesus has sent us into the world. Ephesians 5, 8 says it this way, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you're in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that the Lord is good and right and true. See, you and I are sent into the world to be a light in the midst of the darkness, to share the truth of God's word. And see, when God sends us in the darkness, he's going to give us power and understanding. He equips us through the power of his Holy Spirit that we don't walk alone, but we walk in the power of his truth and his word. You know, being sent in this world, for Jesus, it was an uncomfortable task. We think about this Palm Sunday, he entered into Jerusalem to ultimately be belittled, 
tortured, and then crucified. It was, it was a tough calling, but he knew the Lord had called him and sent him, that the Father had sent him to do it. Can I tell you, when Jesus has sent us in the world, it, it's going to be difficult at times. It's going to be challenging, but nevertheless, the Lord has called us. We had a group of guys from our church uh, this past week who uh, are a part of a ministry called Kairos Ministry. And it, it is a prison ministry, and they go into the prison systems, and for three or four days at a time, they spend up to 12 hours a day with the inmates there, discipling them, encouraging them, and equipping them. And we had a group that went just this past week, and, and as I was talking, we prayed with them. They had to be there at 6 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> and they spent 12 hours a day there for three days. It's a big task. It's a big calling. But I was reminded and I was encouraged that as they were sharing, they said this, we know as we go in there that we don't go alone. <laughs> we go in the power of our risen Lord and Savior. The task, the mission that Christ has called us, it's a heavy task. It's a lot. But I want to remind you that we don't go alone, that we go in the power of our risen Savior. This morning, uh, as we close, I want to ask you, are you living out the mission that God has called you to live? Because I believe that as Jesus went to the cross to pay for our redemption, he also paid for us to be a set-apart people, living fully for his purpose and his mission in our life. And so this morning, if you've been like I have been in a season of your life and you feel like, Sam, I'm just not living for how the God has called me to live. I'm not living out the mission that he has set before me. What better time than now? What better day than today to surrender unto him and say, Lord, I'm gonna live out fully for you and for your mission. I know that you prayed for me to live a set-apart life, to be a light in the darkness. Lord, I pray that you would send me out in your power. And I know that when you pray that in faith and in boldness, the Lord is gonna use you in a mighty way. And so this morning, as we have a time of invitation, I want to invite you this morning, as we have a, uh, an altar open this morning, is you can come here this morning and surrender. Maybe it's to partner with this church. Maybe it's to join this church and be a part of the church family. Maybe it's for the first time you put your faith and trust in Jesus. I pray that this would be the day that you do that. So let's pray this morning. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. We want to give you all honor and glory. And so, God, we ask that as we have a time of response, Lord, that as you lead us, God, we would respond. God, I pray that we would be reminded this morning that, God, you are calling us. You are sending us out to be a light in the midst of the darkness. God, I pray that we wouldn't shy away from the task at hand, Lord, but, God, that we would fully, boldly trust you as you lead us and direct us. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Let's stand, let's worship. You come this morning as the Lord leads. You come.
there's gonna be a pretty amazing celebration because we have all the reason to celebrate, amen? Because we have a risen Savior and Lord. His name is Jesus. Hey, I wanna encourage you. We have these invite cards. Who are you gonna invite next week to celebrate with us our risen Savior? encourage you to take one of these cards and invite at least one person. All right, church? God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next weekend.